I posed a question to my coming-of-age class a few weeks ago. If you could make up God, what would God be? The youth looked at me like, are you crazy? You can't make up God. And I would argue that we do make up God, not in an authentic way or in an effort to mislead. We human beings are just trying to get our heads around something that is beyond our grasp, beyond our ability to name or quantify, but something that we sense or feel, something that stirs within and among, regardless of whether you believe in God or not. And so we try to describe what we sense. So I persisted. Really, if you could make up God, what would God be? The coming-of-age class is a group of ninth and 10th grade youth who gather every Sunday to explore what they believe, to try to figure out what this universe is about, what they are about, what God is about, or if there is any God at all. Pretty much everything is on the table. So this Sunday, the advisors and I, we sat back and watched as youth took out their pencils and diligently scribbled about the big questions of faith and making up God. And afterwards, we asked people to share what they had written, and at first, a little shy. But then things really got cooking. And it was such a wonderful electric day because what they said, for the most part, was a God I could believe in. I mean, not some white dude in the sky who's judge, jury, and supreme manipulator. No, God connector, God conduction, God creator, God convener, God communer, God cultivator, God compassion. And just as the class was about to end, Leela Ambrose, a young African-American woman, raised her hand to share. And I tell this next part of the story with her permission. And this is what she said. My God has flawless brown skin and a heart made of compassion. My God has curls, perfect curls. God is truth. God is light. I don't know if my God truly exists. What I really think is we all carry a part of her within us. Maybe as individual humans we have flaws, but all together we make something that's beautiful. As Leela read, I saw this giggle pass across her eyes and then joy spread on her face and her joy was my joy and the room was alive with joy and with laughter and recognition and belonging. God awesome, God magnificent, God you. From her own body, her own brown body, her beautiful curls and compassionate heart, she created God. And she saw that it was good, and she was good, and it was true. 
I know this because there was joy. There was joy within and among, and it was the same word. I've been thinking a lot about joy and a lot about body lately because this month we're taking on the question of joy. Wrestling with this experience that is more than happiness, that has no particular purpose and yet is absolutely necessary to our well-being, to our sense of being fully human and fully alive. So what is joy anyway? I've come to understand joy as a deep sense of belonging and becoming. Joy is belonging and becoming. It is a sensation experienced in my entire being. It is feeling embraced and alive all at once. Now, joy is not to be confused with happiness. They really are two different things. I once sat at my beloved friend's deathbed. She could no longer speak. Her face was swollen by all the drugs she had to take, and her eyes bulged out of her head. As I sat holding her hand, I started to croak out the hymn, What Wondrous Love Is This? And she shook her head, and I couldn't tell if she wanted me to keep singing or not keep singing or just keeping rhythm. I didn't know, so I kept singing. And then we started to cry. We cried in the aching recognition that we would no longer be able to experience life together. And we cried with joy because we belong, we belong to each other. Do you see what I mean about joy? You can't, you find it just as easily in the birth of a baby as in working in a place of natural disaster or human suffering. Joy is leaning into vulnerability and connectedness. So I've been thinking a lot about body because the body, your body, the communal body, connected bodies, the world body creates pathways, openings to joy. When we quit trying to be someone we're not or being someplace we're not, when we let go of the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant, as the poet writes, and instead come into the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations, our own beingful bodies, We open ourselves to the wisdom of joy and acclamation. We begin to believe in our own basic goodness. The teachings of the ocean shine, the prayers that are made out of grass, and our sense of wholeness grows. The body, in all its manifestations, is so generous in its invitation to joy, if only we were awake. So if joy is the experience of belonging and becoming, and the body in all its presentations is a means by which we can cultivate joy, 
What does it mean to be a body-hating culture? And I know that's a strong statement, but I think it's true. How do we experience a deep sense of belonging and becoming in a culture that exploits, denigrates, chastises, oppresses, hates bodies? YouTube gurus, personal trainers, nutritionalists, therapists, they talk a lot about health and self-care, products and methods to be more fit, more vital. But at the same time, we are bombarded day in and day out by a white supremacist, capitalistic narrative that says our bodies are not good enough no matter what they are. What does it do to joy when we live in a culture that hates bodies? What does it do to joy when we live in a culture that separates the mind from the body and privileges the mind over the body? What does it mean to be a culture that privileges white bodies over tan bodies or midnight black or chocolate brown bodies? What does it mean for joy to live in a weight-obsessed culture? What does it mean to have male bodies and wants privileged over female bodies and wants, and that binary privileged over transgender bodies and wants? What does it mean for joy to have youthful bodies privileged over aging bodies when the natural process of life is to age? Or able bodies over bodies with disabilities? What does it mean for our sense of belonging and becoming our experience of joy when we are so busy being schooled in hating whatever we are? I was at a conference recently where a white, thin, incredibly beautiful, blonde woman talked about her path from hating her body to coming to some peace about what she looked like. And I thought to myself, oh my Lord. (laughs) Really, oh my Lord, if she is struggling, where are we? I mean, really, where are we? As I listened, I found myself getting more and more unsettled, and I have to admit angry, because although she talked about this mind-body chasm we have in this country, she was not even hinting at that overarching framework of white supremacist culture that depends on this separation, that thrives on that separation of mind and body, and more keeping us separate from one another, separate from natural processes of health and wholeness, separate from our own miraculous being in order to, remain, in order to maintain power and privilege and redistribute wealth and resources. I could barely sit in my chair. And then the other shoe dropped. I had to acknowledge that my anger was not only directed at her framing, but at the recognition of how much I hated my own body. With this one sagging eyelid, 
and hands that have started to tremor when I don't want them to, and lips that are dry and legs that retain water and wrinkles in unimaginable places, and a voice that is not as flexible and limber as it used to be, my voice, my body. And I'm not saying this in order to garner sympathy or for you to compliment me on the way out the door. Please. <laughs> no compliments on the body. What I'm trying to do is make visible the violence that we navigate every day about bodies. Messages we internalize and then perpetrate against ourselves and one another in such devastating ways. I'm trying to make visible the collective violence perpetrated against people of color and their bodies and women and their bodies, and elders and their bodies, and disabled folk and their bodies, and GLBTQ and their bodies, and what a courageous act of resistance and justice it is when we practice loving our bodies. Whoa, right is right. When I looked at that, this sacred text used by Brahms today, in this requiem, all flesh is grass, meaning all flesh is of this beautiful world and all flesh is fleeting and impermeable and impermanent, I was excited to talk about the beautiful sense of body in the Hebrew text, he said to music. You see, the Hebrew word for body, mind, soul, self, life, creature, person, appetite, living being, desire, emotion, passion is one word. Nefesh. Nefesh. This mind, body, soul, living being is you, is me. That's what we are. There is no split. There's no privileging mind over body or divorcing passion from mind or soul from emotion. Nefesh is an incredible countercultural message of healing and wholeness. The mind-body split we live with today comes with the ancient Greeks and Christian church fathers colonizing Hebrew texts and inserting their own philosophy of mind privileged over body, thinking as more important than feeling, of mind pure and body depraved as the proper way to understand ourselves, our relationships with one another, our relationship with God, our relationship with the natural world. In fact, the Hebrew term nefesh, this mind, body, breathing, passionate, appetite, emoting whole, is more accurate than we may have imagined as scientists explore the human brain and the nervous system. There is a complex system of nerves that connect the brain stem, the heart, the lungs, the stomach, the gut, and the spine. Neuroscientists call it the vagus nerve. 
Writer-therapist Resma Menachin calls it the soul nerve. And I have to say that seems more accurate. So when I say I'm going with my gut, I'm telling you I'm thinking with my gut. And that is absolutely anatomically accurate and true. Lately, I've started revisioning the word mindful or mindfulness. I've started to think about, about my body full of mind. My body is full of mind. And when I practice mindfulness, I'm feeding the body-mind-heart connections. I'm working with nefesh, my soul, self, life, body, creature, person, appetite, mind, living, being, desire, emotion, passionate, self. Caring for the body, being loving toward my own body, this singular body, and our collective body is stunning in its power and absolutely necessary if we are to awaken joy and justice. What is healing and alive within is related to what is healing and alive among. And I can't help but take the next step and make a connection with our annual giving campaign and this wonderful invitation, this wonderful naming, All In. What would it mean to be all in with my body, mind, full self? The embodied idea that the health that I cultivate in my body in, is the health that emerges in our body, in this communal body, and the ways in which I give and nurture this nefesh, this nefesh nurtures this nefesh. I'm so grateful for this church. I am a more joyful person because of this faith-filled community, a community that says we will resist violence, we will work for justice for ourselves and our world community. We will listen for where love is calling us next. We will work within and among with unshakable confidence. As social activist Meg Wheatley writes, unshakable confidence that people can be kinder, gentler, and wiser than our current society tells us we are that we rely on human goodness and offer this faith as a gift to others. Today, I ask you to join me in a countercultural act to love your body, to love this body. Acknowledge the parts of your body that you critique that you denigrate the places where you carry woundedness and trauma and decide to love them. Love your body. It is your one and only body, and it is good. This is an act of resistance. This is an act of healing and justice. 
trust and feed this body and know that real joy will come in surprising ways when we go all in and love our mindful body. When you go all in, you may be surprised. Yes, indeed, you might be surprised. You might even decide to make up God. <laughs> My God has wrinkled skin. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed, she has wrinkled skin like a secret map found in a drawer someplace. She is bleached and worn into a crepey buff, but she is full of surprises from wandering and wondering and a heart filled with compassion. My God has curls. <laughs> Perfect curls. God is truth. God is light. I don't know if my God truly exists. What I really think is we all carry a part of her with us. Maybe as individual humans, we have flaws. But all together, we are something beautiful. We are beautiful. We are the body of God. And I love God. Amen.